Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Our scripture this morning comes from the New Testament book of James. First chapter, beginning with verse 2. My brothers and sisters, think of the various tests you encounter as occasions for joy. After all, you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let this endurance complete its work so that you may be fully mature, complete and lacking in nothing. But anyone who needs wisdom should ask God, whose very nature is to give everyone without a second thought, without keeping score. Wisdom will certainly be given to those who ask. Whoever asks shouldn't hesitate. They should ask in faith without doubting. Whoever doubts is like the surf of the sea, tossed and turned by the wind. People like that should never imagine that they will receive anything from the Lord. They are double-minded and unstable in their ways. The word of God for the people of God. That's a harsh passage, but I think it'll make more sense. One of the very first uh, passages of scripture that I ever memorized was Matthew 7, 7. Emily just included it in her uh, prayer. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. In fact, I learned it first as a song and then later discovered, oh, that's in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus actually said that. I particularly like the last part of that. Knock and the door will be open to you. I like that image of knocking on a door, not really knowing what's waiting on the other side. It's about possibility. It's about opportunity. When you knock on a door, I mean, who knows what, what adventure might be waiting on the other side, what relationship might be on the other side, what new possibility might be on the other side, what risk What danger? Who knows until you knock and the door is opened. Not too long ago, I was having a recurring dream, a sleeping dream, in which I would discover in my home a room, a hidden room, a secret room that I didn't know anything about. It would always be empty. It would always be large and spacious. It would always be architecturally interesting. It would always be a big surprise when I'd find it. And every time I knew that I got to do what I wanted with that room, that I could do something new and interesting in it, and in my dream would start dreaming up the possibilities. Well, this kept happening. Every time a different house, every time a different room. Finally decided, I'm going to look it up. You know, there's people who do dream interpretation. So I Googled it. What does it mean when you dream about rooms in your dreams? And apparently this is a fairly common thing. It means that you're thinking about, you're open to, you're longing for possibilities. Jesus said, knock, and the door will be opened. Well, today we're talking about how we explore opportunities, how we knock on as many doors as possible to find the dream that God has just for us. Our theme for the month of January is Dream Big, which is based on 
Bob Goff's book by the same title, Dream Big. And speaking of Bob Goff, right before I went to bed last night, I checked my email. I don't usually do that on Saturday night, but I did last night. And look what I had in my, um, in my inbox. Hi, Vance. I hear that you're using my book in your series. Please let me know if I can ever be helpful to you. Thanks for loving the people around you the way Jesus did. Signed, Bob Goff. I don't know how he knows. Uh, And it actually was from him. It's actually a legit email. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. But the thing is, there are so many doors. There are so many doors in this life. How do you know which ones to knock on? And how do you know which ones to walk through? There's front doors. There's back doors. There's garage doors. There's those trendy new sliding barn doors, right? There's those rotating doors on the front of office buildings. There's there's escalator, elevator doors. There's doggy doors, tall doors, short doors. There's half doors. There's those swinging saloon doors you saw in the old westerns, right? Uh, there's Dutch doors, refrigerator doors, rotating doors. I already mentioned those. They have those heavy doors with bars and prisons. There's doors to safes. There's trap doors, hidden doors, secret doors. And different doors lead to different places, right? Depending on what door you open, what's on the other side can be entirely different. How do you know which doors to knock on? And how do you know which ones to walk through. If a, if a door, we're just using this as a metaphor, if it, if it represents possible dreams, perhaps the issue isn't finding our dreams. Perhaps it's as simple as knocking lots of doors, but then deciding which is the right door for me. In the words of the 1960s singing group, the Marvelettes, there's too many fish in the sea. I said, there's short ones, tall ones, fine ones, kind ones. There's too many efficiency. I think they're talking about men. But the same could probably be said about our dreams. Or maybe put it another way, they say you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince, right? It's, it's a process of discovering your dream from many, many, many things. Well, I did a little research this thing up this week about options. The world is full of options. I discovered this week that if you shop on Amazon... There are 12 million different products available for you to purchase. 12 million. I discovered if you're into streaming that there are 200 streaming services, not to mention the 500 cable channels that you could watch. Still can't find anything to watch, right? But there's a lot of them available. I discovered this week that there are 1,800 different college majors available in the United States, and that leads to who knows how many different careers. I discovered this week that somebody did the math and that there are actually 1,000 different ways you can combine a, the five ingredients available on a Little Caesars pizza. Now, I have not done the math. I'm just going to accept that as true unless you want to try to do it as an experiment. We can start ordering pizzas and find out. And then finally, I thought I knew the answer to this. How many flavors does Baskin-Robbins have? 23 or 32? I mean, I always thought, they've actually had 1,400 different flavors in their history. Did you know that? And then you can add, of course, all the toppings. Lots of options. Then it comes to our careers. What did you dream of being when you were a child? What did you, are you, and are you what you thought you would be when you dreamt as a child? I remember as a child thinking I should become a cowboy or a firefighter, or a police officer, or a doctor, or an artist, or a musician, or a superhero. I still kind of want to do that one. 
When I was a senior in high school, the Navy tried to recruit me to, to enlist and become a nuclear engineer on a submarine. I'm too tall for submarines. When I went to college, my first major was pre-law, but that was hard. So I became an advertising public relations major and then just became a public speaking major. My dad thought I should be a business major. I wouldn't have been cut out for that. Of course, then I went to seminary and became a pastor. Lots of possibilities, lots of options. The point is, we're given in this life many, many, many options. Lots of doors to knock on. How do you choose? You can't have everything, in spite of what we're told. You can't do everything. So in a world full of so many options, limitless options, we have to realize that not every dream is worthy of pursuit, and not every dream is necessarily best for you. It might be somebody else's dream to do. The point is we're not supposed to settle for less than the very best dream God has for us. Bob Goff writes, just because it's an opportunity doesn't make it the right one. And so today what I want us to do is think in these terms. How do we, when we're considering our dreams, think more broadly, more expansively, thinking beyond kind of narrowly what we've been told is possible? but then also realize that we're then going to have to come back in. The process of discerning, like, which of these many, many, many possibilities is the right possibility, the right option, the right dream for me. Bob, Bob Goff says we have to start by swimming in the stream of possibility. That's a good image, the stream of possibility. It's, it's, it's being open to what could be possible that I haven't previously considered. I mentioned last week that often when I'm in kind of a counseling situation and somebody's trying to make some decisions about their future, a question that I often like to ask is, if anything could be possible, what would you choose? Anything could be possible, what would you choose? If we could just snap our fingers right now and make your wish come true, what would you wish for? Now, oftentimes that, that, that isn't realistic, and yet the question itself seems to open up possibilities that hadn't been be considered. Now, I have a second question that I like to ask because what I've observed is that for a lot of us, test me on this if you think it's true or not, a lot of us, when we're trying to make a decision, seem to think in either-or categories. Like we kind of are binary in our thinking. It's either going to be this or that, option A or B. I'm going to do this or that. And so I often, in a counseling situation, will say, well, what's option C? Or for that matter, what's option D, E, F, G? What's option Z? Because we just tend to think very limited. I mean, wouldn't that be nice if all of our choices were between two things? Between this option and that option? And wouldn't it be great if they were always good options, right? Good, And sometimes they are. Or maybe it would be easier if it's clearly, well, this is good and this is bad. This is holy, this is sinful. But life is more complicated than that. It's more complex than that. Oftentimes, there's lots of good options, or there's no obvious good option, or it's about choosing between what's good and what's ultimately the best. In her classic book called Mindfulness, Ellen Langer writes, I wonder what else I would know if it only occurred to me to ask. I wonder what else I would know if it only occurred to me to ask. Living mindfully is about being open. It's about being curious. It's about being intentional about learning what else I don't know or what else is possible in this given moment. And the truth is, it's really important as we dream 
But most of us are pretty limited in our thinking. And I don't mean that in, a, in an insulting kind of way. It's just true, right? We know what we know. We've seen what we've seen. We've been where we've been. We've done what we've done. We've done. That's what we know. Our, our perspectives are often shaped by our home of origin, our, our ethnic and cultural norms, our education, the messages we've received from families and friends, what we've read or studied, if we've traveled, where we've traveled, how diverse or not our relationships are. All of that shapes how we perceive the world around us. Ruth Haley Barton writes, we only see what we're ready to see, expect to see, even desire to see. How desperately we need practices, experiences, and questions that help us get outside our paradigms so that we can see old realities in new ways. I see the world through a particular set of lenses, Right? I see the world in a particular way because of the books I've read, because of the relationships I've had, because of the home I grew up in, because of the activities I've been part of, because of the education I've received. That shapes how I see the world in the same way it shapes you. That can be expansive or that can be limiting. Bob Goff writes, people who are ready to go after their ambitions are constantly on the lookout for opportunities. They don't see obstacles, they see possibilities. Opportunities always find the people who are looking for them the most. Opportunities always find the people who are looking for them the most. So I want to tell you a story. Uh, I've told you before about work I've done in Guatemala. I've been there a lot of times. I've done a lot of work trips in a particular little village in Guatemala called Chantala. On one of those trips, we were building a house. We built a bunch of houses in this little village. Uh, We were building a house for a particular family, and a relative of that family, a teenage girl named Teresa, came to the work site every day and just hung out with us. She was just there every day. And I noticed that other kids her age were going to school. You could see, they wear uniforms, they're heading down the street, heading toward the school. And she would just hang out with us. That's that's Teresa, by the way. I'm the other guy. Um, And so I asked her. Probably the second day I noticed that, why isn't she in school? I said, Trace, why aren't you in school? I don't have school today. Okay, that seems strange, but okay. Next day, she's back. Trace, why aren't you in school today? I don't have school. Well, I finally realized she didn't have school because she didn't go to school. In Guatemala, school is free for all children and teenagers, but you have to have about $350 to buy uniforms, supplies, and books, and all that's required. And for many of the families in this village and all of Guatemala, that's just out of reach. They just can't afford it. $350. Can you imagine not being able to go to school for three hundred because of $350 a year, right? And so I, I got up the nerve and I said, Teresa, if, if you had $350, would, would you go to school? Yes. I said, do you want to go to school? Yes, I want to go to school. And so I found $350. It wasn't hard. And <laughs> we created a scholarship for Teresa to go to school. In fact, that created a scholarship program that sent lots of kids to school. And it continues to this day. There's children still part of the scholarship program. $350 a year. Not a big deal. Changing lives. But there's more to Teresa's story. And I didn't know this at the time. I found it out years later. Teresa's mother died in childbirth. Her father was an alcoholic and knew he couldn't raise her. And so he gave her to another family in the village 
not to be adopted, but in essence, to become a servant to that family. He knew that she would have a home, she would have food, she'd be cared for, but she was basically the servant of this household, which meant she would never go to school, she would never have the same opportunities as the other children. And they treated her well, they were kind, uh, but she didn't have the kind of opportunities that she saw right in front of her. But Trace is smart. And so when her adopted siblings would come home with homework, she would sit with them and she basically taught herself how to, in a rudimentary kind of way, read, write, and do math. She learned it on her own. She didn't get to go to school first grade until she was 17. She started from scratch, but she was so far ahead because she wanted this. And all of her life, she had prayed for the opportunity to go to school, which was never going to be an option for her until one day, this gringo from the United States took a little bit of interest and noticed that she's not in school. And why aren't you in school? Well, $350 is nothing. Of course we can put you in school. She went to school. She made great grades. She joined their pageant process. That's a big thing in Guatemala, to, to have a pageant in the school, then you represent the school, and she did that. She's married now and has kids. She was dreaming of getting an education. I was this guy that was just looking for opportunities to be a blessing to this community, and God brought those together. I don't take any credit for that. I just took interest, like, why aren't you in school? But it opened up a possibility that has benefited her and others. Are you open? Are you looking for possibilities? Are you looking for opportunities to do something where God might bring you alongside someone else's dream and the two of your dreams become a reality? The question is, how do you know which dreams to pursue? How do you know which dreams are worthy of pursuit? Unfortunately, God doesn't just give us, you know, a big stop and go sign to know, do it or don't do it. Wouldn't that be nice, right? We all say we want a sign. Instead, God gives us something better. God gives us wisdom. Easy answers are easy. Wisdom takes a little bit more work. Proverbs 24, 3 through 6 says, "Wisdom By wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowing the rooms are filled with, by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Wise warriors are mightier than strong ones, and those who have knowledge than those who have strength. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war. In abundance of counselors, there is victory. Did you hear that? You want to build a house? You need wisdom. You want to go to war? You need wisdom. Godly wisdom. Wisdom is more than just information. Wisdom is more than just knowledge or education, but it includes those. Godly wisdom, spiritual wisdom, is more like awareness. It's like insight. It's like perspective. It includes discernment. It understands the difference between good and bad and even good and better. Wisdom is about understanding the world the way God made it. God's design. God's plan. It's about a prayerful pursuit of what is true. James 1.5 says, anyone who needs wisdom should ask God, whose very nature is to give to everyone without a second thought, without keeping score. Sometimes that wisdom just comes naturally. Have you ever had a moment where you've come to an insight or you've given somebody advice like, where'd that come from? Never thought of that before. 
Maybe God gave you that. Sometimes wisdom comes through scripture. Sometimes it comes through wise counsel of others who you know to be spiritually seeking. Bob Goff offers the following questions when you're trying to narrow down your choices. One, is your ambition meaningful? Two, will it last? Three, is it about you or will it help others? Four, how do you want to be remembered? Five, do your ambitions live up to your abilities, attributes, desires, and willingness to act? The the point of asking those kind of questions isn't to, to limit what you can do, but it is to narrow what you will do, right? It's not to say that you can't do other things. It's to help you decide what's the best thing, what's worthy of your time and energy. And because God's involved, it might just lead to a place you wouldn't imagine. Nadia Bowles-Weber says, I'm slowly beginning to understand that when the math doesn't work, we're walking in a place outside of logic and cause and effect. Some people call that holy ground. Do we treat our dreams like holy ground? Next week, I'm going to talk about things that get in the way of our dreams, obstacles to our dreams. And one of those obstacles might be us, our doubt, our fears, our lack of faith. Here's the tough word from James 1.5. He says, whoever asks for wisdom shouldn't hesitate They should ask in faith without doubting. Whoever doubts is like the surf of the sea, tossed and turned by the wind. Now, that may sound like a bit of a warning. It may sound a bit harsh, but I hear in it an opportunity. I hear in it an invitation. Dream big. Dream broadly. Dream creatively. Dream expansively. And ask in faith for God to help you fulfill that dream. Dream full of faith in what God can do. And then when you're trying to figure out what to do, ask God for wisdom. So as I come to a close, I just want to ask you a couple questions. Do you believe that God wants you to be a dreamer? Do you believe that God wants you to accomplish your dreams? If so, knock and the door will be answered. If so, ask and the gift of wisdom will be given. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we pray for our friends who aren't here today for all kinds of reasons. This is a tough season. But we pray uh, for, for each that you would expand their thoughts, expand their perspective to see the, the wide array of possibilities for dreaming that you put in our lives. But Lord, now help us to pick the right dreams. As we dream broadly, help us to choose narrowly the very best and trust you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org 
or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.